On my bike for long enough, I become half bicycle. I jog until I simply join a protest or end up at the lake alone and ask a heron, why am I here? In a hell there is sacred laughter. Only in a world of shit could love be radical. This is the It's a Beautiful Day in the Gulch podcast. We're out here. We're podcasting on the veranda. We're on. A, we're in a Romeo, Romeo, where art thou, Romeo kind of situation <laughs> where I'm uh, perched up in the eagle's nest and I'm looking down at Alex sitting on the ground. I'm the Montague on the ground. It's kind of a Rapunzel thing, too, because I was uh, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your long <laughs> mic. No, don't laugh at that. <laughs> Uh man, it's actually um off the bat, uh strange times in Bloomington. I don't really I don't think uh reporting on events is in our wheelhouse, but I think we sh- we can uh respond to them um and react to them. But uh off the bat, like I never like wanted to um idealize or romanticize life here, like life here per se. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. um you know, all of a sudden there's this needed pushback against the image of uh, Bloomington as an oasis or whatever. Um, or as far as like a quote unquote liberal oasis, a blue, a blueberry in a sea of tomato or whatever, which is um, a line I never bought from the beginning. And uh, I think it's increasingly obvious that that they sell that either to the university sells that idea to get students to get here or the uh, recently the city sells that idea to get like tech guys who live in california and think moving to indiana will be bad for their personal brand or something to move here um but yeah there's a lot of like uh alarming like racial violence uh here in the past couple days and obviously like people are pushing back against it but um yeah it's very sad and it can happen anywhere i don't know like yeah and also we have a we have like a long history of racial violence in bloomington yeah there was a there was a korean dude that was that was murdered in 1999 and there's a plaque for him on he was a grad student. I forget what his name is. Fuck. But uh, there's a plaque for him outside of the Korean church on 3rd Street. And uh, I don't know. Indiana has been like a, a KKK hub since th- like the beginning of the KKK. Well, probably. In, well, in and the like shit like that. Th- I think it's there was a long history. There, yeah. I mean, shit. there's racism everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah That's everywhere. the thing. It's like yeah. it's 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 not unique to here, I think. And I, I do think, like, people are more um, prone to talking about it here than in some other towns of of a similar size. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just pretty uh, – there's a really twisted incident of, um, like, someone used their car 
as a weapon the other day and like yeah i don't know it's just also and sick then, like yeah, I, and then like the fourth of july racial violence at the lake for like vox getting attacked yeah it's i mean it's like, it's really uh troubling because like all of um you know all of the discourse about um in the wake of George Floyd and everything, like there's a lot of discourse about like how to be a better ally, how to like, uh, I don't know, have more racial equity in your workplace or something. But that all that stuff is directed at people who like want to be less racist in the first place. And so there's all these people who aren't receiving that message either because it's not being broadcast to them or they don't want to hear it. And yeah, I don't know. It's just twisted. It's there's a lot of panic everywhere in america i think across ideology and the weird thing is like i don't think anyone would want to trade places with the person who is in an emotional spot where they want to run someone over with their car like that's a pretty like dire life outlook i feel like yeah it's fucked up and and so it's just yeah there's a lot of panic and uncertainty and like people are like fighting over i don't even know what the fighting is against i don't know very confusing yeah i i'm probably guilty of saying like bloomington is like a a liberal oasis i feel like i've said that a lot but yeah, it it kind of really only is for like white people and white passing people. Well, and I mean that there's ide- people have different ideologies everywhere. Like there's anarchists who live in the Hamptons. There's can there's MAGA guys who live in Berkeley. Like there's a uh I don't know, there's just uh people in America have like all kinds of ideology and act act upon it accordingly. And I think uh, at the rally the other night, um, one of the speakers was talking about Bloomington essentialism. I, like, there's America, or where it's like things happen here that things happen elsewhere in America that don't happen here. I think the reality is it's a national issue, and yeah, uh, for sure. And I and so I think even pushing back against uh, the idea that uh, Bloomington is an oasis or whatever, like making the observation that it's actually not like that here um also kind of just does the same work that like making the observation that it's the false equivalency that it's a liberal oasis in the first place where it just says more about um the speaker's ideology than what's happening in the town and i don't know i just think like uh i do i do think that bloomington is known for like uh kookiness and like goofiness um and I think it is time to get serious about uh, making the town the way that we want it to be. Like, because, like, I don't know. Like, I like it here. I think there's, I have plenty of good memories here. And uh, I think it's time to get serious about, like, making sure that everyone has access to those memories. Yeah. Um, or Or can, like, you know. But yeah, it's, I don't know. The protest yesterday was great. Like being like, uh, being out in the street felt really fucking good. And like, uh, 
it felt safe like uh i i don't know it was a little scary but well, okay I, well, i'm scared of i'm scared of covid man yeah uh, that's what i'm but yeah i mean like that's me a privileged person but like i don't know it felt like like yes like yesterday at like the protest there's probably i don't know how many people you think were there a few hundred a few hundred yeah it felt like a shitload to me and it was like it reminded me of going to like the eric garner protest in new york like i hadn't been at a i hadn't been at like a a proper march like that where like we're shutting down traffic and stuff like mm-hmm. it like in a really long time and it was like I don't know. I was proud of I was proud of Bloomington last night because a lot of people came out and shut shit down and I was like, "Oh, like like usually when I'm thinking about going to a protest in Bloomington, I'm like, oh, this is going to be some rinky-dinky college bullshit." Yeah, like uh two college kids are going to speak and then they, yeah. they always wheel in some elderly guy. Yeah. Like who could But it wasn't like that. It yeah. felt legit and it was cool and I was like I was like, "See, like people give a fuck. People are turning out." Yeah. For the shit. And it's good. I don't know. Yeah, it's serious. Like, I think uh, it seems like there is something uh, cathartic about the protest thing. And, like, I think it functions as, like, um, a spiritual release for the people there. Um, As much as it, like, is a political uh, pressure point, I guess, against um, whatever whatever we're trying to pressure. I I mean, like, off the bat, like... I, I'm still confused about things. Like, I'm confused about, like, how um, I was on board with, like, police abolition and stuff and prison abolition and stuff. Yeah. But, like, also a lot of, like, if there's a violent racist incident, like, the idea is to try to get the people arrested. Like, yeah, there's kind, there's kind of a catch-22 that I'm working through. And I also... Uh, what do you think about the guys who uh, are volunteering for security who have like assault rifles and stuff and like look militarized and so on? I, I mean, like, I hate seeing guns. Yeah. Like, I, it makes me uncomfortable. And when I first showed up to the, to the protest, I, the first thing I thought when I see like a white dude with like a fucking assault rifle or something like hanging out on the fringes of a black lives matter yeah protest i admit i ultimately think that's a white supremacist but then i quickly realize he's on the fringes because he's security and then i was like oh okay and and i think that kind of made me feel safer yeah like when when i was walking i was like and also they had good security like that like people were parking their cars and blocking the street so no one could run through run a car through the protests yeah i yeah but, like the, yeah it's like the, i don't know if they had that yet or two days ago when our friend got hurt they didn't but the, the, i don't know the like logistics were were very well run 
I think there's, I do think there's a question of optics and, um, you know, like if you look at like, um, the comments on a, on a, uh, news site, like a news report about like, uh, what happened on Monday, like a lot of people are like, oh, if people had guns, none of this would have happened. Like there's this, there's, what? Yeah, like people say that all the time. Or like, dude, if, the comments on that thread were just brutal, just uh, terrible. Oh yeah, evil people. Oh man. yeah, it's psychotic. The way that like, uh, being an, yeah, okay, yeah, that's I don't know. There's a lot to sink your teeth into as far as how like depraved and violent some people are. I I just like, I'm not sure if like this kind of like partisan arms race of where uh people on the left are like oh we need to start having guns to defend to defend ourselves i don't know i just feel like it's gonna ultimately end in uh the pain of innocent people that doesn't need to happen it's it's very it's just tense and it's hard to know like it's hard to like predict like what's gonna happen in like the even like day to day like yeah Oh, I'm hearing cicadas for I know. the first time this summer. Very seasonal. Wow. It, it's hard It's hard to know, like, what's going to happen even day to day. So it's like, I understand wanting to buy a gun and arm yourself, and but, like, I really, I've always been anti, I've always been a pacifist, and I've always been anti-gun. I don't like guns. and But, I mean, I understand why people want to get them to protect themselves it's like it's like uh i don't know i don't really have a good point of view yeah on it. i get the impulse i don't have too. anything interesting to say i about get the it. impulse too uh i think like though with the second amendment shit it makes uh more s- like when you have guns to like arm yourself against a tyrannical government that's like important and necessary when like just civilians are arming themselves to shoot at other civilians that shit is fucking scary that's freaky that's the threat like but i mean that people are doing that because they feel like that might happen to them yeah they feel like it's like they feel like it might not happen to them they feel like they don't have faith in um the police the american police system which sucks ass and does nothing if it yeah if if they aren't like violently um violating someone they just don't do anything um but yeah me personally piercing another man's flesh with a bullet <laughs> couldn't be me i kind of want to get into bow staff i think that would what be what is a bow staff a bow staff just like a um you know the ninja turtles Yes, you know the Ninja the, Turtles. You know the weapon that Donatello used? It's just like a, a, a stick. Oh. It's a rod. Oh, yeah. So if like somebody's like coming to attack you, you can just poke them and push them far away from you? Yeah, and then you can kind of whip it around your body and look badass. <laughs> and maybe if you get really good, if, you, if your uh, chi energy's uh, high enough, you can um, deflect their bullets with your bow staff <laughs> by spinning it around. Yeah, I don't know, man. A lot of times I wonder, am I a pacifist because I just don't know how to fight? Like, maybe I should just learn to how to fight. Mm-hmm. And then I'll change my mind. What style are you going to use? Like a cobra Jiu-jitsu. style? 
Oh, Brazil jujitsu. That's like a grapple, right? That's when you go on the ground and grapple. Mm, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, that's probably pretty um pretty practical. I think it's the most practical thing to learn for like self defense or yeah. something like that. As what everybody that does it that I know is like obsessed with it and talks about it all the time and is fucking annoying. <laughs> I'm kidding. Luke, you're not annoying. <laughs> you're the most dangerous man I know. Um, is it jujitsu or Brazilian jujitsu? I I don't know. There, I think it's Brazilian, but I don't. I'm not an expert. Yeah. I I was almost gonna go. Right. It was like around this time last year. I was, like, my friend and coworker at the time, Luke, was always trying to get me to go to his jiu-jitsu class and i and i was so i was too scared to go Mm -hmm. and now it's i can't go because it's like probably not even open it's probably the least socially distant martial art that you can get into yeah Yeah. and but i wish i did now Mm -hmm. i really wish i did because i know that he loves it and i know that everybody else that does it like loves it and it's like supposed to be i wish i knew some type of self-defense just in case some just in case some shit got weird or I was in some strange scenario is it just hit, punching a guy in the balls off limit just like <laughs> if you really like, need to immobilize someone immediately can you go for the cock or I think I don't what's wrong with that what's wrong with punching a guy in the cock it's dishonorable I think violence is dishonorable so if you're doing like self-defense mm-hmm. like i don't know you might as well so you seen hamilton yet no <laughs> but i got a disney plus password at the house nice and i saw that it's on there and i thought about watching it i want to check it out it's like three hours long is it really yeah it's a play What's what's like the Hamilton? I I've seen a lot of people tweeting about Hamilton, and I don't know what uh, what he did. Alexander make, Hamilton? No, no, no. Uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. Oh, did he do something to make people angry recently? No, he's just been uh mildly annoying the whole time. I mean, the whole conceit. People have been like making fun of him on Twitter a lot. Well, it just came up again because um. Because the film version of the play is on Disney Plus, but people have oh. people have been annoyed with Lin Manuel Miranda for the past five years. You know, uh, Immortal Technique used to bully him in high school. I know. Did we talk about that? We didn't, here? but it's just it's common knowledge at this oh, point. Like okay. it's it, like I think we both know all the lore. Like Lin, like yes, Hamilton's like a weird whitewashing of. Um, American history that and like yes Lin Manuel Miranda says annoying shit on Twitter and yes he got bullied by a mortal technique and yes it was like this weird um it was it was a Broadway musical that was uh only ex- very very popular in like uh New York Times and like liberal elite media but no one was able to see it until now. Ah. Uh. It's also weird. Disney Plus sucks. Yeah. Like, for an um, adult. 
Dude, it mostly sucks. Like, I watched Even Stevens on that shit, and Even Stevens fucking rules. And I recently watched two Johnny Tsunami movies, as well as oh, I also watched Meet the Deedles, and I realized that they're in the same category of film. Children's surf movies? Yeah. <laughs> and the first Johnny Tsunami is really good. The yeah. second Johnny Tsunami is like about like dirt boarding. And it's like, it's like dirtboarding isn't an extreme sport. That's how it goes. Yeah, I don't like when they uh, have a sports movie and then they change the sport in the sequel. Yeah, like, do you it, remember? Uh, and it's like a sport that like might like they think it's gonna take off or something at the time, and then it just doesn't. Exactly. I think that's what happened with the second Johnny Tsunami. But what were you gonna say? Well, I was just gonna. My example was gonna be uh, MVP, Most Valuable Primate. Where in the first one, um, what is that? Well, in the first one, it's a chimp that can play hockey. And then the next one is MXP, Most Extreme Primate. And then it's a chimp that can um, skateboard skateboard on a half pipe. And I Ooh. feel like there might have been a third one. Or like in um, Air Bud, where he plays a different sport in every movie. Yeah. It's like it's the same dog? I mean, you're be- well, eventually. Eventually, the dog has a litter of puppies. So uh. like that way, the dog can have an entire baseball team. Or and then the dog. I think they go to space at some point too. I mean, I haven't seen any of the Air Buds except for um, the first one, but I do remember, you know, being in the kids section at Blockbuster and seeing them all. I think I've seen the Air Bud where he play the dog plays baseball. Mm-hmm. And basketball, maybe. I think that's the first one is basketball. I think we already made the point that they don't make boobies like they used to anymore, or at least like they did in the 90s and early 2000s anymore. They don't make animal buddy films. It, th- hmm. That used to be like the film genre for kids' movies. Free Willy. Um, huh. uh, ch- ch- the one where it's a little girl and a sea lion. I forget what it's called. Andre, yeah, and, and my they, buddy, my friend Andre. And they and they call it a seal the whole time, but it's actually a sea lion. Mm-hmm. Did so, we talk about that? Ever? We haven't. That's just a scientific inaccuracy, though. Yeah, despicable. Well, yeah, it's like completely wrong because like a a sea lion has like ears and it can stand on its it can stand on its fins and walk on its fins, mm-hmm. and it's a sl- slender animal, and a seal is uh blubbery mm-hmm. rubbery mm-hmm. no ears no ears can hardly walk on land flops pathetic around. on land dude zach told me this story the other day about how he was when he was in big sur mm-hmm. keith's brother who was there with them for some reason he must live in like the bay area or something he like harked a loogie on a seal he was like, check this out, and went, and just, like, harked a loogie on, like, this seal that mm. was just sunning itself. I don't know. <laughs> I just thought it was a funny story, because it doesn't really matter, but it's, like, so disrespectful. It's so disrespectful. Yeah. I hope that bites him in the ass one day. <laughs> Can you imagine said, hawking well, a said- loogie on, like, a majestic animal? <laughs> Like, the nerve of that. They said, like, the waves were, like, lapping up on the... Yeah, it wouldn't have made a difference. But, like, spiritually, that's such a... Yeah, it's uh, it's fucked. Yeah. 
And they said it like looked up at him and went, <laughs> like it noticed it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my friend Sorry, Andre, I, I just the a uh, movie where there's an orangutan that people like. Dunstan checks in. Oh um, yeah. What else do we got? Air Bud. Uh, yeah. Any others? Am I missing I any here? Uh, I remember sure a movie. Uh, something about Polly. There's like a parrot that uh, solved a crime because it. Along came Polly. Is that what I'm talking about? I don't know. I think that's a Ben Stiller movie, romantic comedy. Anyway, they don't um they don't use live animals in movies anymore, which is probably for the better, but you're never so you're never going to have um you're never going to have that movie magic again. Oh, Babe. Babe, well, uh is there a human in Babe or do Yeah, they- the um the the owner, like the old man. He's like good job, pig. Yeah. Babe's like critically acclaimed. I love Babe. I think that's like one of the movies that I've seen the most. Mm-hmm. I saw somebody tweeted recently, like, "What's not? What's your favorite movie? What's the movie you've seen the most?" Yeah, and I always thought, I just immediately thought, "Babe." I think mine's Napoleon Dynamite. Really? Yeah. I think both of those movies are really good movies, but if you watch them like a hundred times, like it's like kind of. You're like you're in hell when you watch it. Well, that I mean that must go for any movie. Yeah, that's probably true. Except for The Hangover too. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's funny you brought that up because I actually, for the first time in my life, I was um, trying to come up with a list of my top ten films. Really? Mm-hmm. Which is a very pretentious endeavor, but I want to do it. Re- uh, do you have like a rough draft right now or do you like I have a few most of them I saw when I was between the ages of 18 and 22 which is interesting um why is that interesting oh it just feels like media in general like it feels like your tastes the most impactful shit you experience is going to happen between the ages of 18 and 22 yeah that's true when you're young and and you're like I just you're like whoa fight club yeah Holy crap. Or the most, like, the, it's, a lot of cool shit happens when you're 12, and a <laughs> lot of cool sh- shit happens between the ages of 18 and 22. Hmm. But there's a few that I saw recently, but uh, Garlic is as good as Ten Mothers. That's an example of a movie I saw fairly recently that I, I think is on my list. Movie. I think that's a top 10 for me. That's like, yeah, I think that's in the top 10 for me too. But it's one that I would completely forget. You know, but it's the one that's had the most impact on my daily life. Yeah. Like it revolutionized the way I saw garlic. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a must. That's a must watch. That's like a that's like a truly poetic film. Mm hmm. Like it's fucking beautiful. I love like all the interviews and just like seeing people from the 1960s, just like eating garlic. And there's the, the, the best line, like. I think my favorite line in almost all of film is this guy, uh, he's credited as a freelance writer, and he's, like, peeling garlic, and he's, like, you know, like, if you have to peel a a lot of garlic, um, you can kind of get into the rhythm of it, and it's actually kind of fun in a lot of ways. 
but it's hard to talk about that without seeming like a hippie dipshit. And then it immediately <laughs> cuts to the next scene. So perfect. Yeah, it's funny, like, watching um, an actual documentary with, like, uh, candid interviews from 50 or 60 years ago. And in some ways, like, people seem exactly the same. Oh, yeah. It's really weird. Yeah, it's great. I love I love documentaries with, like, with, like, uh, good good like street clips and like good interviews where you can see a person's style and i don't know what's the guy less blank is Mm -hmm. that his name oh and also he also has a documentary that i want to watch called gap toothed women yeah i want to see that one i haven't seen that yet but it's been on my list for a while and it's just like it's it's probably just all interviews Mm mm-hmm it's probably pretty horny. It might be a little. Uh, it prob- might not yeah. hold up in today's <laughs> uh, modern eye. I might have to watch it in private, but I w- I'd like to see that one too. But I think garlic is as good as Tin Mother's. There's big Bourdain energy. And oh I, yeah, for and sure. I I think he cites Les Blank as like oh, he does. an inspiration for his TV work. Yeah, that dude's son also made documentaries, and he made this one that is also on my list. I've been meaning to watch for years, but I haven't. But I haven't, and mm-hmm. it's called Art Cars. Mm. And if you watch the trailer, it's just like he seems ultra weird. Like he puts himself in it, like as like the person hosting it, and uh, he just like interviews all these people who have like these crazy art cars. Like somebody grew grass on their car, and mm-hmm. somebody covered their car in cans. I don't know. Yeah, it seems not as good. good. Not but, as good but as... But it seems cool. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, dude, I uh, canceled Disney Plus, and I signed up for Criterion Channel. Ooh. Trading in something for another. The ironic thing is a lot of the movies on Criterion Channel fucking suck. <laughs> what's another one on your list? Or what's one What's one that you watched you thought sucked? Oh, I just... Well, I try to watch... Um, the 1940s version of the Jungle Book, which was filmed by some, I don't know, British director in the 1940s. It's live action? It's live action. The animal scenes were shot beautifully. They looked really cool. But then there's a bunch of, like, 1940s British guys in brownface because they wouldn't Ooh. hire Indian actors. So it's like, well, I can't watch this. Dude, have you seen the trailer for Shia LaBeouf's new movie? No. There, People are saying he's in brownface in it. Why? Because he plays like a cholo. Mm. Dicey territory. Or he, I think he plays a white dude that is just immersed in cholo culture. In or like well, he's like a gangster in L.A. Yeah. But it's like it looks cool, like a good movie. But it's definitely one of those scenarios where, uh, they're like, you wrote this character as like a white dude or something. It's like some Last Samurai type shit, yeah. or like, uh, where it's like, you know, you could have just made, it, you could have just given an opportunity to, to someone else, right? But instead, you wrote the character as like a white dude, so you could show like this cool. Well, so he could guy. be the character. Like he wrote himself in, right? I don't think he wrote it. I think somebody oh. else wrote it. I don't know. I, I I haven't really researched it much, but when I watched it, I was just he's like calling people fool <laughs> and shit. 
it, and like he's got like mustache and they're like listening to like bachata and shit and it's fucking it looks sick it's but probably also, good it's, dude but also it's like i don't know i get the pushback there probably are people like that who exist though so it, like yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely or it's, it's something i read is that like i don't know i don't know i i don't know i'm sorry if i derailed you again he didn't derail me, but try to get me back on track. You if said you want to be sorry for it. Just get me back on track. You said you were watching this 1940s. Oh, it's just yeah. That's another one that sucked. I, oh, I tried to watch a Charlie Chaplin movie. You cannot watch a Charlie Chaplin movie and look at your phone at the same time. That's absolutely <laughs> out of the question. And I, I, like, there, also like in the movie I watched, there was those um, like caption card scenes where it would be like uh, some some uh wacky hijinks would happen and then a, ca- a caption would show up on the screen that would be like mm-hmm. oh the pain he felt <laughs> and yet there's more and i just couldn't deal with it like but the gags are so good though right it was an early one it was it was pretty um low production values you know like it all happened in one it would be it would be as if we filmed it in this backyard so, like, the stakes weren't that high. He wasn't dangling oh, off man. the clocks in the one that I elected to watch. You ever watch Buster Keaton? I'd like to. Dude, Buster Keaton is, like, the shit. Yeah. Very S- cool stunt. Slapstick just never ages. I watched yeah, a Popeye so cartoon from, like, the 30s or something, mm-hmm. and the animation and, like, uh, timing of the physical humor was hilarious. And And you could do, like... People back then did more with um, anima- animation. You know what I mean? Like, uh, no. I feel like they um, understood that you can like stretch the boundaries of reality with animation. When you compare oh. it to like the shit we grew up on, like the um, '90s Disney movies or Pixar movies, like a lot of those movies, I think sought to basically like reflect the physics of reality Mm. the physics and whatever conditions of reality um and then barely pushed anything into the surreal but the like 20 20s and 30s like max fleischer animation shit is just off the wall and like kinetic and fun to watch really Mm -hmm. that reminds me though i think it it exemption to your what you just said or like an outlier is uh something that i watched on disney recently Mm -hmm. was roger rabbit well roger rabbit i think is um kind of a callback to classic animation dude it's incredible yeah yeah it is it's like uh because it's set in the 40s it's like set in like the 1940s but in a world where cartoons are real and they exist with humans yeah and like just like the way they did it so well, yeah, the way like the cartoons will just bust through a real wall and stuff like that, and I was a little bit high on <laughs> weed. That always helps. And I was like, "This is like the most incredible animation I've ever seen in my life." <laughs> Too bad I canceled Disney Plus. Maybe I'll watch some Damn. clips on YouTube. Well, I don't have it. I just 
have someone's password. Hit me, hit me up with your password. I'll hit bro. you with the password. All right. But what's another one in your top ten that you're saying? Hmm. Well, if we're on the animation tip, I think Princess Mononoke by oh. Hayao Miyazaki. That's a that's a classic. Um, I also like uh, this movie called This Is England. I never saw This Is England. This that's is like England a skinhead movie. Basically, yeah. I like. Uh, I think um, Hoop Dreams is definitely on there. Oh, that's that movie's incredible. Shit. No, it's not. Hoop Dreams is um, a documentary about two like uh, Chicago teens oh. who both like um, elect to go to like pri- I think either private schools or like schools in the suburbs. Like they travel like hours and hours to get to these schools to be in, in the Indiana. No, in Chicago to be in the basketball program. Oh, they're from Indiana though. No, they're from Chicago. But they travel hours and hours to go to another place in Chicago. Two hours by train, yeah, mm-hmm. or or by like bus transfer and stuff. But it, it's shot over the course of like three or four years. Like it follows their entire high school career, and it's just really riveting. Like it's it's. I mean, like I feel like it's um. It's about America, like, it, and it's about how like sport can transcend is like one of the very few avenues that can transcend like race and class. This is a pretentious episode so far. <laughs> it's when we talk about movies and stuff that we sound like we we think we know a lot of sh- but we don't. Should we talk about bugs? I had I had I ants stuff. in my pants yesterday today. You literally ago. had ants in your they pants. They were biting on my ass and it hurt. Like I wasn't <laughs> dancing or anything. It just I was swapping at myself. I'm not wearing underwear to be frank. I'm wearing hey. basketball shorts with no underwear. I'm sitting like below you at like a 45 degree angle. Yeah, but you're like 20 feet away. You're not going to get <laughs> any whiff of what I'm um emitting. So Uh I have a, I had an ant thing this week. There is like a just flying ants just pouring into my room. Mm. Just ton like thousands of That them. sounds biblical. Yeah, it was it, I I was I was letting them rock for a while, you know, because I was like, I don't, I'll, the spiders will eat them, mm-hmm. and because I, I don't kill the spiders in my room. How many know? spiders do you have in your room? I you, don't know. You would have to have thousands of spiders to combat thousands of ants. I think there's probably like five spiders in my room, but I think I might have hurt some of the spiders when I decided to kill the thousands of ants. Mm. I sprayed them with alcohol that we use to sanitize our groceries mm-hmm. there's a spray bottle and i just like nuked them i felt bad about it yeah i can imagine but it's whatever i mean like i let him live for a while and then it just got out of hand i had to lay down the law unfortunately shit man i saw something cool today you ever read about how ants farm aphids and they like milk aphids? No. I saw it in action. You like, saw it in action? Mm-hmm. Yeah, these there was a bunch of weird aphids crawling around on these plants and there was a bunch of ants crawling all over. Crawling all over them. Crawling all over the aphids. And I wanted to how read do, more into what it. What do you mean they milk them? I don't remember. I just remember reading about it like it's it's 
you ever notice how like if you watch a bunch of nature documentaries they kind of hammer in on a few facts like they always say like a a school of piranha can like clean the carcass of a cow in a few minutes like there's there's just like some arbitrary nature facts that get drilled into you ants milking or farming aphids is one of the ones i read about a lot as a kid i don't encounter much anymore but i saw it in action and i want to uh research up on it again but yeah they're in some kind of symbiotic relationship like ants and aphids i learned about an interesting symbiotic relationship when i was watching a nature documentary over the weekend there's you know those pitcher plants Mm -hmm. that like will trap bugs inside them Mm -hmm. uh there's like a certain species of them that like and a certain species of bat that flies into the pod of the pitcher plant Mm -hmm. to sleep during the day and then the benefit that the plant gets is that the bat also poops after they take a nap and the plant eats the poop because it's a carnivorous plant mm-hmm. and it just dissolves the poop and, and absorbs the nutrients of the poop. I thought that was so cool. I was like, what if we could, that's like such a beautiful symbiotic relationship. The, the plant gets something to eat and the bat gets a place to sleep and shit. It's, it's pretty, beautiful. bat shit is a very potent fecal matter. Guano? Like, for God's sake, there's a word for guano. Like, what other (laughs) animal has a word for its own shit? I only know that word because of Ace Ventura, Pet Detective 2, Mm. When Nature Calls. Not to talk about movies again. But I think if there wasn't that movie, I don't think I would know the name guano. I think you would. It comes up all the time. In what scenarios does it come up? People talk about guano because it's like in makeup. People talk. Is it? Ab- yeah, I didn't know that. Guano is very useful to uh, the industry of um, the man beast. People also uh, use uh, cow shit for um, fuel in um, tree deprived regions. Cow shit or bat shit? Cow shit, hmm. dung. I guess I feel like dung. When when would you use dung in a sentence? When it's just animal, from the shit from an animal. I think I would have used it when I was like, in elementary school, and I was trying to sound smart. Yeah, like I I, th- I think dung is any shit from a large, hoofed animal. I mean, any poop, any fecal matter from a heart a large animal is dung. It sounds like an Australian word, like something's someone australian would say mm-hmm. yeah it has that ring to it dung <laughs> dung hey pick over the pick up that dung over there i don't know i can't do it but yeah that's a good point i haven't used the word dung in a long time i think dung beetles are um sacred that's o- the only time i would use the word dung is if right. i was talking about a dung beetle where do they live? Australia? I think they live all over. Hmm. They aren't sacred to me. They're sacred to others, probably. But, uh. Yeah. I don't know. All animals are sacred to me. I would never kill an animal if I didn't have to. 
I kill mosquitoes though. I do. I've been letting them bite me. I let them bite me too. Fly away. Yeah, because I when I was I probably talk about this on this podcast, but I used to get the gnarliest bug bites when I was a kid. I don't get them so gnarly anymore, but I just my feet are bit up, my ass is bit up, (laughs) my legs are bit up, and that's okay. I'll just I'll just live with it. I'm tough now. I was saying man. I I was saying though, like my thing is like I'm not trying to spare the life of the mosquito. I'm not like, oh, I'm so deep. I don't even want to kill a mosquito. I'm like, I think that I genuinely think that when I swat them, I get like bites. And when I don't swat them, I don't get a raised bump. So, oh, or maybe it's like if you, um, if you swat, if you don't swat it, it's going to penetrate your skin and get its fill, but only once. Whereas if if you do swat it, it'll like bite you, fly away, bite you again. You swat it so it flies away, bite you in a third spot so you swat it. So you're saying that you think you might get bitten more if you like brush them away? I'm implying that, yeah. I think it has something to do with like something to do with like their poison or something. Like maybe if you kill them, they emit more poison or something. I don't think. Well, maybe. Because they emit, like, this poison to, like, either, like, thin your blood or, like, I'm not sure what the poison is. But I, for me personally, I've noticed if I, like, fucking swat the mosquito or scratch at it immediately, there's going to be a bump there Mm -hmm. for, like, weeks. But if I don't touch it at all, nothing ever comes of it. Plus, um... Male mosquitoes pollinate flowers. Only the Beautiful. female, only the female mosquitoes uh, suck blood. So if you kill mosquitoes, it means you're a misogynist. Man, see, damn. Sometimes it's like you you pick a path and you don't know why you're drawn to it, <laughs> and then you learn why the path you decided to take was the right one for you along the way. Man. Damn, wow. I thought it was about self-preservation. Hey, that's the thing. Self, like, uplifting others is self-preservation. Facts. Yep, that's right. I have some things I wanted to talk about. Sure, what's on your list? We're actually, we're doing great on time, but we should just let it roll. Well, I don't have, like, a lot. All right. I, well, I had a, I wanted to talk about my dream Oh, yeah, th- this is potent because uh, some people want to analyze our dreams further. I was saying that I've been having nightmares a lot, mm-hmm. and I had this really bad one where, you know how, like, in a nightmare you're scared? Mm-hmm. I had a nightmare where I woke up and then I was scared of myself, you know? Yeah, that's heavy. Where it's like, so in the scenario, I was like... I was, like, in some scenario where I was, like, robbing a bank, and I, like, shot this security guard in the bank, and like, in, like, Point Break mm-hmm. or something, and I killed the security guard, in the, and, I, and I got away with the money, and I was driving away, and I, was, and I thought to myself in the dream, I can live with that, and I'll probably get away, and then I got away, and then I was, like, but then, and then I woke up, and I was like, 
I had fr- I forgot about it all day, and then it like hit me at, like at work like an hour or two later. I was like, "Oh shit, that was a crazy dream." I don't know what it means. I'm trying to remember the dreams I've had recently. Oh, I had a dream that I was in some kind of uh, class classroom environment pretty non-traditional it felt like kind of like a nighttime hour 